Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It's 133 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We're in Rogers Place, the Oilers and the St. Louis Blues tonight. And uh, we are uh, going to, at this time, head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline and welcome back a guy who scored twice in the 1980 playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers in their opening round series against the Philadelphia Flyers, but he was better known as a Calder Trophy candidate and a sniper with the New York Rangers. He was also a guy that uh, lived uh, with the same billet with current Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland. We welcome to the show Don Murdoch. Don, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, look, your reputation in New York... You know, you you were a big time player. You're you're already starting to laugh. Uh, true or false? Were you in Studio Fifty Four back in the day? Did you make it down there? Let's put it this way: you had to go through me to get into the door. <laughs> and, and you ran a little hot. We know that about you because uh, you got. Yeah, some... yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite the place, that's for sure. All right. So, uh, tell me this first of all: when you're living with Ken Holland, did you see that he was going to be a future NHL general manager at that time? Oh my God, he was a kid that I took under my wing. I let him live with me because I felt sorry for him. And to do what he's done is absolutely amazing. And I know you're in town. Uh, we bumped into you yesterday, and you're in town for the game tonight. Uh, you were uh, uh, for the for the maybe the younger listeners that are un- unaware. I mean, you were a huge. I saw you play in the Western League. Uh, huge goal scorer. You had 170 goals in minute. Times were a little bit different though back then, weren't they, Don? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, we, we were a little more open. You know, it was open hockey a lot more. And, uh, yeah, like I said, did I ever think in a million years I'd turn my rookie year and score 82 goals? But uh, just everything kept going the right way. 170 goals in two seasons. Then you go to the NHL, six overall draft choice in the National Hockey League. What was it like to go to the New York Rangers and go to the city of New York back in the mid-1970s? Well, let's be honest, I'd only been on a plane once or twice, you know, when we played junior, but I, I can remember flying in to sign my contract in New York and, and, and uh, 
uh, we're flying into New York and just the bright lights and, and getting out and going downtown. And, and you know, New York's just, it, it's an amazing city. It's a Madison Square, Square Garden, such a historic place. So it, it was pretty overwhelming, that's for sure. Uh, you're second for Rookie of the Year, 32 goals that year, uh, 50, you know, 56 points in 59 games. And who, do you recall who, who you were on a line with that first year with the Rangers? Yeah, I, that first year I played with Walter Tuchuk and uh, Steve Vickers. There you go. And Vickers was a, yeah. a pretty good uh, – Chuck was the centerman, obviously. Now, which year did you score the overtime winner against Buffalo? Was it that year or the next season? No, it was the next season. Uh, it was uh, – back then, the first-round series, we played just the best two out of three, and it was the third game. And like I said, uh, we were into overtime. And the funny thing was about it that they'd scored one in overtime earlier, and it got canceled. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but then the next one down, we went down the next ship down there and scored, and we won that series, yeah. Now, legend has it that a, a couple women named their babies uh, Dawn. Uh, is, <laughs> is, is, is that story after you scored the overtime winner? Is that actually true? Yes. I, it was funny you mentioned that because the PR guy came to me. I don't know. He said it was later on, about two weeks later, and he says, you know, he says, there's a couple ladies went into labor. Well, one lady was had the baby at the hockey game, and that's when she named it Dawn. Okay. And the other lady lady went into labor before the hockey game. She was supposed to come and didn't come, and then they both named him Dawn. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and these are not children of yours, obviously. We just Because you were a good-time guy, Dawn, back in the day. <laughs> that I don't know of, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it, it was quite the city, that's for sure. <laughs> you made the most of it in the late 1970s. We're joined by Don Murdoch. Don, uh, how challenged, you, you had an Achilles injury. And I, yeah. and, and I think that that was pro- – and I, look, and, and full disclosure here, you got busted with something back in the day and got suspended half the season, which a lot of people yeah. think should be recreational anyways. Uh, yeah. But how much – like, how difficult was it trying to get uh, get over a, tor- a torn Achilles? Well, what it was, too, the worst for me was that was my rookie year, you know, and like as everybody knows, I was on pace to probably get 50 goals. Yeah. And and I toured in practice. Ron Gresham hit me in the boards, and and you know, like you said, all of a sudden they tell you, you know, you know, you're on fire, and all of a sudden you're done, and you know, you're sitting around, and you know, it was hard because the rookie, I was excited just to get there, but you know, the guys are going on road trips. I'm sitting home alone. You know, we didn't, and let's be honest, we didn't have the trainers and the facilities to, to kind of work it back. They slapped you in the cast for 12 weeks and said, "We'll see you in three months." You know. Wow. What I mean? Yeah. So it was uh, it was pretty uh, it was pretty lonely at times, and like you said, it, you know, I even went home for a month and, and stuff like that. You know, as now, you know, we obviously it's a different times. They start rehabbing it two days later. <laughs> what do you remember about playing commonly Edmonton Oilers during the seventy nine eighty season? Because you, you scored thirty two and twenty seven with the Rangers in back to back years. You ended up with twenty eight goals in seventy nine eighty. What did you remember playing? You know, coming to a team. Could you sense then that the Oilers were on the press? precipice of something pretty special well you know what it's funny you said that because my they think they came in in 1980 my rookie year i don't think we played them so you heard about gretzky mark messier is my cousin so i know mark we're second cousins so i've known mark since we were kids so i knew he was something special but i mean you know i mean uh, i scouted in nhl for 15 years for Tampa Bay stuff, and I, you know, talking, we all know Barry Fraser. I mean, the job they did scouting, I mean, that team was amazing. And then, like I said, uh, I get to come here and I hear about, you know, Gretzky and, 
Kevin Lowe, Paul Coffey, you know, all these guys. But once I got here, like, I was absolutely amazed how much talent was on that team. Yeah, well, and I mean, there, and, and I just I can remember watching practices around eighty two, eighty three, just after you left. I couldn't believe yeah. how competitive, like the the pace of practice, and yeah. how competitive Messi and Low would be sitting there working each other over in one on one drills. And, and I just remember thinking, wow, like this is, and and I I'm I'm gonna guess the pace of practice was a, a maybe a bit of a surprise for you as well. Oh, like, hey, Bob, I consider myself a pretty decent hot skater. You know, I was considered a pretty guy that was, you know, you know, he's got good speed. You know, I definitely had good hands around the net. I got there, and we're in practice. And, you know, sometimes if we lost uh, slots to give us those crazy practices, like end-to-ends. But just out there seeing Yuri Curry skate, you know, Glenn Anderson, my God, Paul Coffey, Meth, Gretz. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. I said, holy Christ, there's so much talent in this team and so fast. I can remember, not to interrupt you, I remember that first game, I went to Quebec to play. I met the team in Quebec, and I got there late, and I remember going out there, you know, I didn't play with Gretz that first time, but anyway, he's watching him, I almost, he scored a couple goals there, I almost stood up and started clapping, and I was on the bench. Yeah, it was I mean, something. he was just an amazing, because I hadn't seen him before. And you, I said, this team is amazing. What was it like going into Philly with the Oilers in the 1980, first year for Edmonton in the NHL? I mean, that's the height of the Broad Street Bullies. Uh, oh, and yeah. you're going in with all these Oilers young guns. Well, I'll tell you what. You know the Rangers and Phillies, we hated each other. And, you know, the year before, we went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and we went into Philly and beat them in 16. But, you know, back then, we we would play Philly, you know, 10, 12 times. But coming in with – and I know how we played against. We played physical. But when I went in there with the Oilers, you know, guys like Moose DuPont, uh, Dave Schultz, and these guys, they couldn't catch these young Oilers. I mean, holy Christ, they tried to hit them, but they, 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 they were just skating circles around them. Yeah, you know? Philly won a couple overtime games against Edmonton, and I'll never yeah. forget afterwards, they're like, this is going to be a team of the future. We're talking to Don Murdoch, who was a legendary WHL goal scorer, uh, very good player for the New York Rangers, had a had a, a relatively short NHL career, but you did play in the minors, uh, and you went across pass, I'm, I'm thinking at some point with Ken again in the minors, but I want to ask you about Ken Solheim, who also came out of medicine hat and was a big rangy guy with some skill do you remember playing with him in the american hockey league back in the day yeah absolutely well where we were we were in uh, i played with kenny i believe in i think he was in adirondack when i was in detroit yep i think he came there but it, with us i think he was with us down because we were in wichita when i went down to the miners from the oilers right larry gordon ran the wichita but here's a kid another kid it's funny you mentioned could skate like the wind and he's a big kid, had an unbelievable shot. Just to be honest with you, because I scouted, his hockey sense wasn't is where his legs and everything was. But a big physical kid, loved him, great kid. And one more guy i got to ask you about that you would have crossed paths with in Wichita out of Jasper, Alberta, and unfortunately on the wrong side of some bouts uh, with Stan Jonathan as well as Ben Wilson. But uh, that is John Hillworth, who uh, you would have played with in Medicine Hat. He was a yeah. tough guy, uh, six foot four, pretty honest, and, and, you know, pretty honest, knew his job, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. Jasper, you know, what a great guy. Like, I mean, he was tough on the ice, but he was one of those guys that off the ice was like a gentle bear, just happy with everybody, do anything you want. And I still keep in touch with him to this day. You know, West Medicine Hat guys, we, we hang in there pretty good. 
But like I said, uh, John Hillworth is one of the toughest guys I've ever seen. Yep. Don Murdoch. Uh, Don, hey, thanks. What, what are you doing? So you scouted for like 15 years for Tampa Bay. You're in town. Uh, I know you're with Ken Holland watching practice today. Uh, you're in your yeah. mid-60s. Are you retired now? You still got some part-time business? What are you doing these days? No, I, I retired a year ago, and I own hockey schools out in Cranbrook and Invermere, B.C. So I have my hockey schools that takes up the summer, and I just retired uh, a year ago. So uh, I'm enjoying doing my hockey schools. I've had them for 30 years, and uh, it gets me on the ice working with the kids, and, and I love doing that. Don, great stuff. Thanks for your time, okay? Okay, thanks, Bob. Take care now. You bet. That is Don Murdoch joining us here on Oilers Now. We are going to go to the Oilers Now Prospect Report. It is brought to you by Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Uh, Don't replace Reface. Here we go. So... We know Reed Schaefer has made the World Junior Team 15 goals, 27 points in 22 games, plus 11 with Seattle this year. Seattle, the number one ranked team in the CHL right now, four players from Seattle on the World Junior squad. A St. Louis pick that played here in the summer, Zach Bolduc, 17th overall pick in 2021, did not make the World Junior squad. 43 points in 24 games this year for the Quebec Ramparts, a top uh, prospect in the uh, Blues organization, Jake Neighbors, uh, who had 45 points last year in 30 games with the Oil Kings, 12 games down in Springfield in seven games. He's a first-rounder from 2020. Of course, Borgo uh, for the Oilers organization at eight goals, 13 points, and 23 games down in Bakersfield. When we come back, NHL insider John Shannon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 147 in Edmonton Royal Pizza, proud to support 630 Jets, Santa's Anonymous. Right now at all Edmonton Royal Pizza locations, there are Santa's Anonymous boxes where you can make donations. Plus, Royal Pizza currently has the festive special where you can purchase a $50 GC with a $10 bonus coupon. Royal Pizza still making it great. To this day in Oilers history, and it's appropriate given who the Oilers are playing tonight, uh, this day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Give the gift of travel. Join Oilers now in Vegas to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. Could be a battle for top spot in the Pacific Division. You can reach out to newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back to the state 1984 and here is Brendan Escott. Wayne Gretzky scores five goals and adds an assist to register his 31st career hat trick in an 8-2 Oilers win over the Blues at the St. Louis Arena. Don Jackson and Rob Ramage had a tilt after a high hit midway through the second. Oh, well, there you go. Rob Ramage was a, a really good uh, two-way defenseman. We bring aboard John Shannon for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, that was a midweek game back in the 84-85 season. Did you produce that game? Hold on. Do you expect me to remember every time Wayne got five? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the answer is yes. You were yes, pro- I did. I thought you were producing that game. I remember a couple of those. Oh, sure. Yeah. Hey, we just had Don Murdoch on the show. I, I I don't know if our younger listeners, this guy was a rock star in New York, wasn't he, in the mid-'70s? 
Yes, yeah, 77 through 79, Donnie Murdoch was uh, the talk of the town in so many ways. Uh, the Rangers um, were, uh, were an interesting, eclectic group of players. Uh, they partied well. How was that? Was that nice? I thought that was very diplomatically. <laughs> They partied well. I mean, we're t- this is we're we're talking Donnie. Well, I mean, I'm sure he told you Donnie Murdoch, Ron Greshner, uh, Ron Dugay, uh, our pal John Davidson was part of that group. Uh, these guys were uh, they were living the life in Manhattan for sure. Yes, at a time in which maybe we didn't have quite as much information. <laughs> oh no, I don't. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think they they would have survived the world of social media and cell phones. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, well, it, 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 this is an interesting one with St. Louis because Doug Armstrong. Is there a more plugged in general manager to the other GMs in the league? Are, 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 is this the matchup between Ken Holland and Doug Armstrong? Of two of the guys that work the phones the most, and are, are the are the Blues in a bit of a position similar to where they were back in eighteen nineteen right now? Uh, I, do, I don't know about that, about eighteen nineteen. What I do know is that Doug has vision, and is always you know he's always looking to try to make sure that he can have a. Uh, a quality product on the ice over a long period of time and he understands the swoon that is existing right now because of contracts and of and of the you know the the flat cap which is probably affecting the blues as much as it is any team when you consider that you know he was forced to sign Cairo and Thomas to big deals and that put pressure on what's going to happen with O'Reilly and Tarasenko so from from that but but Doug's listen I've no I Doug was our traveling secretary for the Minnesota North Stars in 91 and 92 I know Doug very well we're great friends uh and he has learned from the masters he learned from Bob Clark he learned from Bob Gainey uh and he's always been able to bring people into his organization to help consult he's always willing to listen uh similar to Kenny and obviously, Ken and Doug are great friends too. Yes. Uh, and and Doug Doug's success in both Dallas and now in St. Louis are not uh, the, his success is not by accident. All right, I'm going to dangle a carrot your way. We have the Anaheim Ducks coming to town. I think the Boston Bruins, and we can talk about the coaching change, and it was a factor because Krejci came back, Bergeron, you know, signed. Those are, you know, the strength down the middle. But I think the trade Boston made, Don Sweeney made, to get Hampus Lindholm helped catapult Boston back in the mix because it gave him a legitimate top four uh, defenseman, everyday defenseman. If you could get Anaheim to eat part of the contract, and it would be a substantive cost, would you be in on a guy like Cam Fowler if you were the Edmonton Oilers? Every day. How was that? I'd be in on Cam Fowler every day. You know, when what doesn't get talked about enough was when Bob Murray and David McNabb were running the Ducks. Both are gone now, one by choice, one not by choice. Right. Um, They did an amazing job scouting defensemen. Yes. When you look at the bodies that came out of that organization that have had great success, not just in Anaheim, but around the league, you know, Shea Theodore, Brandon Martour, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson, you know, the amount of quality defensemen 
that existed for the Ducks. And it makes you wonder why the Ducks, why couldn't they hold on to them and, and, and be better than they are now? But, you know, those types of guys. And Cam Fowler was one of those kids who came out of junior hockey and uh, his stock dropped. Uh, around draft time, he, he was almost the Jacob Chikrin of his time. You know, there was a time in, in the in the Fowler draft that he was is Fowler going to go one or two? Yep. Well, that was the Taylor and in the Hall end, draft. I think Cal- and I and I and, and I, I don't have anything in front of me here, but I I think he went twelve. You got it. He went twelve. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I mean, and Bob, and Bob Murray's walking around the draft floor like the cock of the walk because he got Cam Fowler at twelve. Yeah. You know, so yeah. would I go? Would I? I'd be in on Cam Fowler before I'd be in on Jacob Chikrin. Well, John, you and me agree that doesn't often happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't happen often. I mean, I would, I would have to think. You know, we'd be, we, we'd be looking at Broberg, plus probably at least one, if not two, lottery protected first rounders if they ate a lot. Right, he's making six and a half million. They'd right. have to slice the number down considerably. I don't even. Now know. you've lost me. Now you've lost. You would me. not. You would not go not that co- much. I'm not giving up first round picks, man. Okay, well, there's no chance. You can, there's no. I mean, look at you. Look at what they got for Lindholm, and Lindholm was a pending UFA, and now you're asking them to eat because I want them to eat money on the six and a half million, and they yeah. ended up giving up a number one, uh, Vakaninen. And then two two second round picks for an expiring contract, and they ate only on that year. And Fowler's got three years left in his deal, so the cost would be substantially more. But fair enough. But you would be more in on Fowler than Shikran. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. John, we're I, up. I, I, I like what Fowler brings. I like what Fowler brings in so many different levels to any team he's on. John, uh, I appreciate you being amenable to allowing us to squeeze in Don Murdoch. Uh, wow. I bumped into him today. Wanted to get him on. Great storyteller. Uh, we'll look forward hey, to another having... BC get. Guy- we got to look after a BC. BC guys always stick together, Bob. You never go wrong with anybody from Western Canada. There you go. There you go, John. We'll talk on Monday. Right on, Bob. You bet. That's our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon. Here's what we got rolling. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Tomorrow on Oilers Now, from NHL Hockey and Rogers, for Abe's door service, Elliot Friedman. I'm going, this is a a blast from the past on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now at 1 o'clock, former Edmonton Journal columnist, very successful businessman, always with interesting perspectives. Wayne Overland on tomorrow's show. He's in his 80s now. We will also um, have one of the most plugged-in people in the hockey business. No, we're not talking about Elliot Friedman. He represents five players on Team Canada at the upcoming World Juniors. Jerry Johansson will join us from the Sports Corporation. Tonight, 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 we got the face-off show beginning at 5.30 with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, Brendan Escott, and myself. Puck drop at 7 p.m. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Angela Coquat from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. Back at you at 5.35 as we send you away with the boxer. Asking only workman's wages, I come looking for a job, but I get no